Hey guys, Monta here, and welcome to this edition of Free Thinking with Montone. I'm so excited to have my guest on today because this is really this right out of, uh, <laughs> I guess, my bailiwick, and if I want to say it that way. My guest today is a, is, oh, one more time, I'm so sorry. The screen is messing up here. <laughs> Let me try it again. In five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, Montel here. How you doing? And thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Free Thinking with Montel. And my guest today is a leading voice for baby boomers who want to do more than just garden and golf. She's living proof that your second act can be actually the most successful of your acts, having built a multi-million dollar empire in her 50s. She now advises lifelong professionals who view their age as an advantage, not a liability, to, trans to transition into an impactful next chapter of their lives. Known as the renegade boomer and founder of the anti-retirement movie movement, Tina Lorenz, thanks so much for being a part of Free Thinking with Montel today. Hey, Montel, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's really I'm, I am so glad to have you here. I mean, you are like right in my wheelhouse, I will tell you that. Um, and I thank you for being there. Let's talk a little bit about your background first before we get into what you're doing now. Where were you from? Where did you grow up? What's sure. life like? Yeah, well, uh, I didn't grow up with any kind of advantages, that's for sure. So um, I right now I'm in Tucson, Arizona, but I also travel. I have a mobile office and I travel all over the country and work from wherever I am. But, you know, I was one of those kids that grew up in the um, dysfunctional family scenario, have the checklist of what might go wrong in a family, pretty much that you can pretty much check all of them off. So wow. I literally um, went out the window when I was 17 years old and took myself to Seattle. I was living in Federal Way, Washington at the time. And I had a car. And so I got myself to Seattle, went to court, got myself emancipated at 17 so I could make my own legal decisions and just started surviving. I mean, that's really what it was at that age, right? I got a job at a hospital and, mm -hmm. and um, just kind of did a lot of the traditional things, but really did not have a belief in myself that I could do anything more, you know, that I would be a clerical worker or a food service person or a daycare provider. I did all of those things. And Got married, had a couple of kids, have a couple of beautiful children. And in my 40s, after a divorce, I went through a very horrendous domestic violence scenario. I was pretty naive in my dating life at that point. And I literally had to run for our lives and, and, and was unstocked for a couple of years. I was homeless. So I really, as I said, had no particular advantages. I didn't go to college on my own since 17. I became homeless in my 40s. And then found um, a great guy to marry and my current husband. And we started making our way together. How are we, how are we going to survive? He's legally blind. And I had no particular experiences at cler except clerical work. And we started selling stuff. We started selling stuff face to face. And I learned so much about people and what tricked their trigger, really. You know, what, how to make that connection, that relationship. But I was past 50. We were, we were trying to figure out what am I going to do? What am I going to do to support us? Because I'm the main support. And I was reading an article online, good old Google, um, and I saw the word copywriting. And I had no idea what that was. And, but as I read the article, it just resonated with me, literally the point where I broke out in a sweat. And I, and I just made a decision. And that's one of the key things here. I made a decision that I was going to do this, that I could do it, I would do it, and I made a decision. And that's how I began when I was already past 50. I had never written for anyone. I'd never been paid to write except as a secretary. And uh, I just began in my very first year, I did uh, multiple six figures. I did about half a million dollars my first year as a freelance copywriter. 
And uh, that was about 18 years ago. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I always say don't do the math, but really I, I believe we should own our experience and our wisdom and not be, that's part of the ageism thing that's going on. Like, well, don't tell anybody how old you are, you know? Oh yeah. You know, we've gotten this really kind of, it's gotten crazy in our society right now about how we appreciate the um, different generations. I mean, I, I, yeah. I constantly hear people, I get in arguments all the time when people are saying, well, you know, you look at, at, at our president and he's just so old. And I'm like, shut up. What are you talking about? You know, I mean, they make fun of the guy, but you know, the guy has a speech impediment. Would you walk up and make fun of anybody else who has a speech impediment? No, a speech impediment has, has nothing to do with their mental acuity. It's just a speech impediment. Um, but at the same time, you know, is a guy who has literally accomplished more in his two years of office than I think any of the last five presidents have done. People don't even know that. Um, and I think as a society, we went for a period of time because our generation and I do say our generation because I think we're we're pretty close. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, I think our generation um, society has done us a disservice. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe we haven't kept up with the technology as the generations after us, but we're starting to see that the technology that they've kept up with has really not done them a good service. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, I, I often say to people, it's like, you know, I've got a podcast, I got this, that, and the other. And really, the people that I want to be able to see this don't spend a lot of time on computers, you know, dealing with podcasts and things. So you decided that, you know, at and and I mean, your philosophy. I've read a little bit about you, and and looking into it, let's let's talk a little bit about what makes you the renegade boomer that you are, because yeah. that's what you call yourself. What is a renegade boomer? Well, you know, the word renegade is often associated with something very negative, but really it's thinking outside the box. It's being different, marching to a different drummer, so to speak. And as a side note, my mobile office brand is a renegade. <laughs> so that's the name of the company. That's the name of the model. And so I just kind of drew on that. And I'd, I'd actually been playing around with the name in my mind for quite a while because what my copywriting journey evolved into was having my own programs, teaching other people how to do what I was doing because it changed my life. So it, dramatically that I wanted other people to have that opportunity as well. But kind of the joke has always been that it's a copywriting program. It's disguised as a copywriting program. Really it's personal development because I have a very strong component of a mindset, the neuroscience of mindset. I'm, I'm just fascinated by the topic as we can create those new neural pathways. And you probably know so much about that yourself of retraining our brain for whatever we, it is we're going to do and how we think and how we can really literally change our lives by changing how we think. And the other side of that is what I call uh, the divine connection. I call that your ultimate business partner. However, you identify something outside yourself that has that something spirit. Bigger than, something bigger than you. Exactly. And so mm -hmm. my students actually are called celestial Sherpas because a part of what I do came to me, my belief is through, through divine downloads, really just things that I was writing down that would come to me that I felt I was to incorporate into my business. And so while, it appeared to be, I have a copywriting business and I certainly do. I've made people millions and millions of dollars with the uh, what I've written for them, the strategies that I've, I've advised them on and students that I've taught. This is the part that's really called to me is to go into this aspect because I, I think that what happens for a lot of people past 50, sometimes very successful people, they've been channeled into a certain way of thinking and being. And it's all about that being, how you identify what is your identity. And sometimes it's been kind of, um, it was expected. What was expected in their professional life? What was expected in their corporate 
culture. And it's not even who they truly are or they've completely lost touch with who they actually are. And so part of my mission is to help people make that transition to peel back those layers, those old stories they're telling themselves that are limiting them or are completely uh, disconnected them from their true nature and their true calling and get them back in touch with that so that they can move on into this chapter of life. And well, you know, that's something I've kind of lived, I've lived on a mantra my entire life about being the only person that really owns the definition of who I am. I know who I am. You know, too often we live up to or down to other people's expectations, exactly. especially when it comes to societally and when it comes to age, you know, there are oftentimes I literally have to stop and and remind myself how old I am. I, I was just in a conversation a couple of days ago and I got my age wrong by four years. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no, I'm not. I'm not bad. I'm this. I was like, and I'm not trying to lie. It's just that I just I completely forgot about it. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm at a point right now where, you know, 90 percent of the people in America pick this as their retirement age. And I, I, yeah, I, yeah. That, that whole deal. Oh my gosh. I, I, it's not even in my future. I don't even know what retirement looks like. That's the whole point. You're a renegade. See, you're a renegade boomer because, you know, I think a lot of people don't even realize that how much society has dictated. Okay. Well, it's time to retire. And part of that came from the beginning of social security. The life expectancy was something like 61. And Correct. so, you can start collecting social security at 65. Well, guess what? They didn't think you were going to survive that long. And instead, right. now my mother lived to be 100, right? And so, right. And so now we're, we're far exceeding that. And so it, it doesn't even fit anymore. But yet so many people are channeled into that. And there's still so many businesses, corporations, that that's what their culture is that they start grooming you for departure when you're past 50, right? And, and we have this rich storehouse of knowledge and wisdom and that we we really have uh, a calling, I think, and a responsibility to to continue to share that the people that need need it the most. Right? Well, I mean, and also we're living in a time right now, and, and this is not an aspersion on generations behind me or, or, or the the generations that I guess you know were born after us, but you know there is a different sense of responsibility to mankind among those who are younger than us and, and i'm not talking about whether those you know yeah we've got some activists out there a couple ones two three out there that are activists for their environment or activists for this that and the other but there aren't really that many of those in that the other generations that are activists for mankind Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I, I and and again, this is not an aspersion. I say, uh, right. but you know, unfortunately, you take a look. I, I have conversations almost daily with uh, other people who are around our age who run businesses across this country, and it doesn't matter what the type of business is that they run. You know, their sense of loyalty among their employees is like almost zip. You know, these guys are saying these people, you know, I hire one and, you know, I treat them good. And next week their mother comes to work and says that my son was complaining about what you said. What? <laughs> Say that to me again? Yeah. I had a guy actually sit down and tell me that he uh, did a job interview and the person being interviewed bought their mother. And I was like, <laughs> really? It, it, okay, well, who's going to do the job? And then, you know, then a couple of weeks later, that same mother came in and complained about the person being not being rewarded for having shown up at work on time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Did they pack uh, a pack lunch? Out? Maybe at a lunchbox. <laughs> I, I was like, what, what, say this to me again. Yeah, the guy's mother showed up, knocked on my door and said that, you know, it's, it's three weeks. My son should have a raise by now. <laughs> That's funny. Why? Because I... 
I've been, yeah. I've been sitting in the parking lot and I noticed that, you know, he's the only one that comes to work on time. I was like, you mean to tell me that this baby boomer mother literally went to a person's employment and said, give my son a raise because he showed up at eight o'clock? What? Well, maybe that person should be channeling themselves into a new career for themselves, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's <laughs> that's I think would renegade, would renegade yeah. boom. They might need to work with me. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, but then even the data proves, uh, I was just looking, I have a note here to remind myself of the stat, because Guidant Financial, 54% of small businesses in the United States are owned by people, are run by people over 50. And there, there's all kinds of statistics that show that uh, actually, the more mature people have a higher percentage of success in business when they, even if they started from scratch at past 50. And I have heard so many people um, in the past almost two decades, I've been working with people in this realm online, especially think, oh, I'm too, am I too old? I'm too old. And say, like, are you kidding? You still, uh, there's a book coming out and I'm sorry, I, I right this second, the name escapes me because it's not published yet, but I just read a statistic from uh, the woman's name was Libby, the, the author of the book. And she found that they did research on this, that though your expectation of how long you're going to live or what your health will be can increase your longevity by seven years when you're thinking in that in the more positive sense. And I'm sure you have. I, I listened to one of your interviews where you were talking about how a doctor told you to be in a wheelchair in 10 years. And you were like, you don't know me, you know, yeah. and, and so we, we take those outside influences and that input and we start owning it as our truth instead of making a decision for ourselves about what's possible. And this has I, I think I think you're nailing it in the fact that, again, we don't try in some cases, some people would prefer not to live up to their own expectation, but to live down to someone else's expectation. Exactly. I mean, I, 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 I've had, you know, first off, I, I don't have. Again, no aspersion, but if if doctors were all God, none of us would be ill. Well, that's a fact. They ain't God. And you know, if you look at what's the difference between the doctor and me, is the fact that he just, he went to school to study some nomenclature and get some words together. Does he definitely have a better understanding about life than I do? No, I don't necessarily buy that. And so, therefore, when you come to me, if you come to me with facts based on I've looked at your blood work and your blood work says X Y Z. That's the answer. You can't say your blood work says X, Y, Z, and therefore I believe it's going to turn into this. Excuse me, you don't have a crystal ball. So, you know, today you can't tell me that you can look at me and tell me what's going to happen to me in five or six years. You can tell right. me that I've seen historically that this has happened with large groups of people, but that's why there are things called ends of one. You know what I mean? There are people who completely throw the statistics out the window uh, and blow them away because. You know, what you happen to 12 people may not happen to the 13th person. It's a fact. Right. So, you know, yeah, so I, I agree with you 100 percent there. And, and, you know, how do you how did you again, you've you've had a fairly tumultuous life in the sense that you went through breakup and then you went through abuse and then light bulb went off and said, I think I'm going to reinvent myself one more time and start my own <laughs> business. Really? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but see, I think when I went through the domestic violence, especially at PTSD, I heard you talking about uh, treatments for that these days. But seriously, I was very, very traumatized with good reason. And I made a decision right then that it was either going to stop me or propel me. And I had the, I could make that decision. And I think the word decision, I've, I've sometimes played with that. Which comes choice first, choice or decision? I think decision comes first, and then you make your choices from that decision. 
And so once you make the decision and make a commitment to it, I made a decision that I was going to find some type of lesson in what had happened to me because I just couldn't fathom how it had even happened for quite some time, but that I was going to turn it into something positive and not be identified, not have my identity be a survivor, a domestic violence survivor, but really have my identity be someone who was thriving, someone who was a light in the world, someone that was a bearer of light and love, and that, that somehow, and I only can attribute that to that divine source that kept me moving along because I didn't have a mentor at that point of my life. I didn't have mentors or family people that were on my side. I got blamed for what had happened to me, right? And so I think that the lesson, the message that, that I want to share is you can make a decision for yourself and truly impact your life. And you are the co-creator of your life. You get to create what is happening to you, right? And so those old stories, like one of the old stories I had was that I talked too much because my family ridiculed me for it. My full name is Christina, and they used to call me CBS, Christina Broadcasting System, <laughs> in the most derisive way, though, you know, so that my me the message I got from that was not positive. It wasn't good for you. It was you need to be quiet, right? But laughs on, I get the last laugh because it's, it made me a fortune being able to talk and express myself and communicate. And so, you know, right. we, we can change those stories. And as we do that, we literally create new neural pathways in our brain. We, I call it your, uh, habits of thought, instead of going back to the old stuff you always thought, oh, this always happens to me. Of course, that's what happened. You know how we sometimes we defend our limitations to the death, literally. Of, that the, It's almost this, it's this weird thing, I think, where we feel like we have to justify our own limitations instead of deciding, making a decision and the actions that go with it to step beyond them. And, and you know, not only are you successful with your own individual business, but have you been now mentoring others and trying? Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. How are you doing that? Uh, well, I've done that through my programs. I have multiple copywriting programs, but the, the, as I said, they include both the mindset and the spiritual dimension. Of, I, I call them like the bookends. You know, you're learning that communication because I do believe copywriting is the most valuable marketing skill you could ever learn because it's the core of everything. If you want to write a book, if you're doing a, a blog, if you're doing uh, this, you know, if you're interviewing someone of what your message is, comes from copywriting. You know, a lot of people have never heard of it. It's not the intellectual property. It's not copywriting with an R. It's copywriting with a W. It's literally the communication, the spoken and written communication and the power of our words, the words we say to ourselves, the words we say to those we serve. And so through those programs, and, and then I do individual, now I'm moving into more bespoke one-on-one -on -one for high-level uh, people have already had success. I'm really focusing on that because uh, that are feeling a little lost. You know, the athlete that's only been ever identified as you're, you know, you're the jock or you're the amazing athlete or the Olympian, and they don't know what the rest of their identity is or how to be something beyond that even in their lives. And so helping people through that process, peeling back those layers of who, what's their true identity. And, and also then the whole marketing strategy of two decades of marketing of what do we, it's not just writing the words, it's the strategy that goes behind them. What, what's the idea that seed that they want to bring to life of something that might be completely different from what they've been doing, or it's another dimension of what they've been doing. And so that's and that, how people. And what are some of the tools that you've used yourself to help you, you know, uh, like what, what are some of the secrets of your own success? 
Well, certainly reading, I mean, just self-education. I think being a lifelong learner I, does not need a degree. I've never kept it a secret. I do not have a degree. I was not trained at a college or a university. I have raised brilliant children. My son's a Rhodes Scholar. I respect education, but I didn't have that. And so I had to find my way without that. Instead of stopping for that, I decided I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to educate myself. So I take advantage of having mentors, of having coaches, of being in masterminds. I've invested in myself from year one of whatever at whatever level I could as I was moving forward with my business to continue to learn. I think that uh, it's not a one-off kind of deal. You know, there's always something more to learn. And so I that's the other thing that I've always done. And I've attended programs, all of those things, but I started without any of that. I started with one element of copy and said, I'm just gonna learn how to do this and not being afraid to be seen, not being afraid to be heard and not dimming your light for anyone else. And uh, I think all of those things, but books, you know, books, I'm surrounded by books of just reading and continuing to educate yourself as well. I think, you know, I talked about a little bit earlier when I was thinking about, you know, the fact that this technology that is out here right now, you know, there are a lot of people who don't spend time, and especially baby boomers don't spend a lot of time, you know, really, really, really utilizing a service that's right there in front of you. But you're nailing it when you talk about the fact that, you know, is lifelong learning um, and I take advantage of most people. I, if you see me sometimes, I'm sitting here literally nine times out of 10, I'm almost all day long on my phone. And you think, well, what's he doing? Is he playing a game? Is he texting people? No, I'm not texting anybody. I'm literally Googling information and I'm kind of an information junkie. Yes. We all, we all have a computer in our pocket now, you yeah. know, and That's we didn't cool. have that when you and I first started with businesses and things. We Go didn't to have the that. library. Yeah. Used yeah. To but now you've got that book in your hand. You've got the right. library in your hand. And so, you know, I, I often find myself all day long. I mean, it, it's like some people look to the device to give them the answer. So therefore they don't study. They have to even think about something because they always have an answer at the tip of their, at their fingertips. However, I look at this as the study device. I mean, I would rather, I mean, if I, if, uh, two days ago, I was having a conversation with a doctor who used some terminology that I just had not heard before. I don't well, I take it back. I'd heard it before, but I just never really put that in context. And so for me, I'm telling you for two days, it bugged me to the point that I had to look up this word and figure out what the devil he was talking about. And I said, oh, I got you now. So now I'm able to, to that's, that's stored up there in that massive. Yeah. So you created a new neural pathway, right? The, right. A, a new familiarity. And I, I love looking at the, the research for words. That's another one of my sort of word geek, you know, geek out kind of things. I like to know what the origins of certain words are and how that mm -hmm. impacts how we're using them now, you know, th this type of thing. And so I think the other thing, though, is meditative prayer, uh, really, true. really accessing divine source. And so one of the things I teach, and that's what I call it the Celestial Sherpa practice. See, Celestial Sherpa came to me as a download. Uh, you know, like these are words you need to use. And so I write it down and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this, right? And I knew a Sherpa was a guide. I knew that, but, it, but I still looked up the word. And what I didn't know, Montel, is that it also meant emissary, someone who brings a message. I didn't know that. And so when I put that together as guide and messenger, well, then, I, then it kind of went through the, well, I'm not like the leader of the world here with this. What am I supposed to do? And then I, through that process, through that divine download process, I came to three levels of impact. The first 
guidance and messaging is for yourself from divine source, what that message is for you specifically for you. And then how you incorporate that same access into how you work with your clients. And so for example, with copywriting, it's not necessarily you're writing about a spiritual uh, product or something like that, but you get inspired for what needs to be said. So I often say, I say what needs to be said, but I also say what has not been said. I hear it, but is not said, right? What's I hear between the lines. And so the second level is how that impacts your clients. And the third level is then how that then impacts their audience, their clients, because you brought some, an extra juice, so to speak, to their marketing. And so I, I think it's such an important thing. And I, I think maybe you've experienced this, I don't know, but have, I call it spiritual amnesia, that we can have these really profound spiritual experiences that give us the guidance, give us the message, and then we forget. We just kind of get caught up in the noise of daily life, right? And we forget we have that resource. And this isn't about a church or religion. This is about your own personal connection to whatever that you, you identify that source as for yourself. Sure, sure. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us, are, you know, you're nailing it. A lot of people don't even understand that it just, again, whatever you want to call it, whether it's the universe, whether it's Akashic Records, whether whatever it is, yeah. you know, we are these entities on this planet that are interacting with molecules that have been around since the dawn of time. Remember, no matter can be destroyed or created right. before it's always there. So therefore, in that matter, there's always some information that I think is stored. And so, you know, I could walk outside, get hit by a breeze, and that breeze may throw a couple molecules through my brain that makes me go, oh, did you think about this? Hmm. And then I, I never wonder, but so for me, I never wonder where it comes from. I just like, you know, oh, really? Yeah, I just, I trust it. Yeah. Think about that. I trust it. I think about it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm working in multiple verticals right now. I'm working in, in traumatic brain injury. I'm working in um, PTSD. I'm working in cannabis. I'm working in, you know, uh, uh, so many different verticals. And some of them seem unrelated, but then again, they're all related. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, right. all, it's all about spending time, getting more information that can better mankind. And that, that everything is connected and that everything is energy. And so one of the things that I've often said in coaching People is like, well, I'm just going to wait, right? I'm just going to wait till the time is right. And they think they're just maintaining, but you're not because everything is energy and nothing is going to stay completely static, right? Just, okay, no movement. So you're actually losing ground. You're losing the momentum that you might've brought to a project or brought to a new endeavor by doing nothing. And so you, then you have to make up that, that space, that space where you lost the momentum. And so you're literally moving backwards, not, not staying in the same place. So you get to decide if you're going to move forward or if you're going to actually lose ground, right? And that's part of your philosophy of intentional focus, correct? Yes, absolutely. That you do create what you focus on, the intention. And I, I go through the same things I think almost all of us do. It's not like we have it all dialed in and it's perfect 24 hours a day. It's a journey. And that's why when you said, well, what do you take advantage of for learning and, and moving how you did what you did? It's also who you're in the room with, right? Being in the quote, room where it happens and not being the smartest person in the room, not being the richest person in the room so that you're, you're constantly elevating your own expectations for yourself. Like I, I make access, I have access to coaches for myself, right? Even though I coach other people. Because you can't do for others if you, if you don't do for yourself. It's just like investing in a trainer, investing in a, a program that might be a higher, a higher value program. If you don't invest in yourself in that way, how can you expect anyone to invest in you? You know, yeah, I often I think you kind of know that it's probably the same philosophy, just we say it differently. And and the fact that I believe that, you know, 
there's that old saying about being in the right place at the right time. And I think that's bullshit. Be honest with you. I think the real saying should be make every place you're in the right place all the time. That's right. And I don't believe in luck either. That's another word. The four letter word we can just throw out the window. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, I, I try to be present whenever I am. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I think that has helped me in my life is that, you know, I, I'm I'm not in a room filled with people preparing myself to do my thing. I'd like to see what's going on. I want to be present. Even if I have to walk out there, if, I, if I'm standing in a room with 60 people and I know I got to get ready to walk out here and speak to a thousand people, you know, most people get all caught up in, I got to get my speech down. I got to remember what I was going to say. I don't do that. I literally will take that time and that pre-meeting with those people to be present. Yes. I've done the speeches before. I'll get through that. That's not going to be a problem for me. But I might miss one opportunity in that room that was right there in front of me had I not been paying attention. And so I try to make sure I stay in the present moment, stay in the moment. I mean, what advice, was that the kind of advice that you would give to other baby boomers? Because, you know, again, a lot of boomers and a lot of people who are in, we can call it, you know, the last quarter or we can the next phase. <laughs> Um, you know, I feel like I, and I was saying it the other day and somebody looked at kind of said, Oh, don't say that. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't say that. I, it's a fact. I'm in the last quarter. You know what I mean? This is like, you know, we've already played three quarters of the game and the coach is standing in the corner and saying, come on now, we got to pull this out before the end. Well, you know, I, 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 it's reality. I'm in that last quarter. So now do I want to be in that last quarter sitting on the bench and my feet up and, you know, having the towel guy go by and wipe my forehead, or do I want to be out there sweating a little bit more? I think I'd rather be sweating a little bit more. Yeah. Having a bottle of water, you know. So how do we convince other baby boomers? And in a society that literally is trying to put us out the pasture. I think by understanding that we serve others, and when you're talking about being actively present, actively listening and 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 maybe you're going to serve one person in that room of a thousand in a different way than you ever expected that they were there specifically for montel and that you have you end up having a message specifically for them that they weren't expecting it's it's knowing that you have the capacity to be able to impact people's lives in that way and that's part of the reason what keeps me going is seeing the results. When I have people write to me and say, you saved my life during the pandemic. I didn't have a reason to go on until I started working with you. You know, this isn't just copywriting. This isn't just learning how to write a headline or bullet points. This is shifting your thinking. And so if those of us over 50 can see how much richness we bring to those we can serve, and it's really okay to still make money, really is okay. That's great. No problem. And maybe maybe you want to donate part of it. Maybe you have already made your millions and you're just fine being 100 uh, percent altruistic. What it doesn't I'm not here to judge any of those things. I think it's, it's perfectly fine to make a lot of money while you're doing it as well. And so it's understanding that you get to choose that you get to decide and what you're going to create for that part of your life. And you, and you may have a long held dream that you need someone to help bring out that you realize this is the thing, because I think we each come into this world with the potential and the capacity to fulfill what I call a divine assignment, that there's something that you were meant to do that you are doing. There's something I was meant to do that I'm doing. And some of us are really late bloomers <laughs> it took yeah. us a while to believe that about ourselves, to believe that we could impact others in that way. But there's really take a chance on yourself 
And if you're, you know, if you want to sit with your toes in the sand, reach awesome. But maybe you want to do this along with it. And that's the other thing that that I help people learn is that freedom of lifestyle, right? I travel all over the country in my mobile office, right? I do all the driving. I do things that people think, oh, you can't drive that semi. It's 45 feet long and it looks like a Walmart truck, only a brilliant colors. You know, it's that size. Yes, I do all the driving. My husband's legally blind, right? We've been dealing with that our whole entire marriage. Of, of I've been the driver. I've been the the with a person with a business all through that. And so I'm already way outside the box as far as what a lot of people would expect me to be able to do and, you know, drive 500 miles in a day and then do a podcast at the end of it or whatever. So challenging yourself and, you know, then statistically uh, there was a study in France done that showed that for people that were in business at this age, if for every year you're in business, there was a 3.2% reduction in Alzheimer's. And we have this huge rate, like one in, I can't remember what the statistic is right now, one in 10 or six, something like that in the United States develops dementia or Alzheimer's. And continuing to be active and working at some capacity actually helps forestall that as well. You're healthier. That's like, the way. And that's, I mean, it's that old saying that it works for so many different things. If you don't yeah. use it, you lose it. Well, exactly. It's true. You know, I, I, I literally am shocked that I feel there are times when I feel like my memory capacity, intellectual, I mean, uh, uh, um, you know, intellectual acuity, everything yeah. is better now than it was when I was in my twenties. And I, I read some studies that say that's exactly true. And so, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, to have a startup, you have to be in your twenties or thirties. But statistically, th that age group is less successful in the startups than people forties, fifties, and older are in a startup. And it's just that our culture keeps telling us these other things. And this gets into then a whole thing of anti-ageism, you know, of the expectation of being called elderly, for example. What? I, I would know, in no way do I relate to that terminology. But yet other people would be, feel free to say that. Or you go into a doctor's office and the receptionist is saying everything 10 times louder or, and slower because you're assumed to be dim in some way. Or right. my husband could be sitting there with his guide dog and people will start yelling. Uh, it's, he can't see, he can hear, he can't. See. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we were walking through uh, Caesar's palace in Las Vegas once and he had a guide dog, his guide dog with him and all the security were talking up their sleeves or what, you know, we knew they were watching us because he had a guide dog with him. And so I was blazing the trail in front of her walking real fast. And he was right behind me. And this guy comes up and says, excuse me, sir, but is that, uh, is that a blind dog? And I said, no, the dog can see. It's my husband. That's blind. <laughs> <laughs> we just, you know, but you have to have some sassiness. I think, you know, no. really be bold, really be brave, you know, be blessed, be bold, be brave, all of those things and, and not be afraid when, if not now, when, I mean, if you're I, not going to, if you're not going to let your light shine now, when the heck are you going to do it? You know? Correct. And if not you, who, I mean, yeah, so exactly. that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, is, <laughs> what's the reaction that you get? I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, you should be doing presentations to every boomer community across America. Well, we're starting to see that that's, the interest is definitely there I, because really I've only come out of the closet with this, you might say, really started talking about this pretty recently it, 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 because I have suffered the same affliction as many others of just feeling like, well, I don't know, is anybody going to be interested? You know, I, I went through all of that stuff. But I just felt like I'm so called to do it. What have I got to lose, right? And so, and I know that there's a, 
I know there's people out there that need to hear this. And I know there's people out there I can help with this process when they're having that trouble making that transition. But there's one thing, one thing that throws me though, honestly, uh, Dina, is the fact that those that are like-minded like yourself should grasp the power that we have, right. but we don't grasp it. We continue to give it to the other generations who don't even understand the breadth of the power we have. I'll give you an example. I mean, when you look at, at television and advertising, you know, of course, you know, we are the ones that they don't care about, yet we are the ones that have more disposable income than anybody on the planet. So, or, you know, or how they advertise, how they advertise to right. us, like, like so, daughtering, you know? <laughs> right. You advertise, you, you barely advertise. Well, let me tell you something. They really don't care about advertising to us. They're advertising to what they think is their sweet spot, 18 to 34. 18 to 34 is coming home and asking you for the money to buy something. <laughs> or their mom's showing up to get, see why they didn't get rewarded for showing Correct. up. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I just, it, it shocks me that. We in this generation, which is the again the largest generation in America with the most disposable income, don't push back against television and against media and say, "Wait, excuse me a second, homie. You know, you wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the trail that I blaze, and you wouldn't have a job right now if it wasn't for the money that we made to fund your company." Right. Well, no. you know, the thing is, it's just like any other thing with marketing. For example, when I talk about copywriting, you're going to attract, and it's also meant to repel. You're going to repel the people it's not for. You're going to say clearly, here's who it's for. If this is you, this is for you. And, you know, there's just a certain faction of our age group that has bought into the old stories that think it's time to play bridge at five and sit quietly and drink all day, right? Yeah, all of those things. And so I know that what I do isn't for everyone. I can't, I'm not out to convince anyone. I'm out to be a resource for those that this resonates with. That, that are attracted to the messaging. And we, you know, I, I have a team I work with and there's a ton of interest. In, and I have a goal. I have a goal to speak at the UN. I want to stand before people at the UN and talk about the anti-ageism movement, anti-retirement movement. That's one of my dreams. Let me, let me I've, 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 you know, not, I'm not saying this as a one-up or anything, but it, that's a really good dream to have because I have fortunately... You know, in my lifetime, I've been able to uh, be a special envoy appointed at the UN. Oh, I wow. Presented, I presented several different things to the UN. Well, some of my, really, I look back at it and tell you, when you're in that General Assembly and you're looking up in that room and you look in the fact that there's every nation in the world represented here, it's it's one of those things that's like, yeah. my goodness. So, yeah, I hope that you get to achieve that without a yeah. doubt. I'm, set, I'm setting a goal, you know, and right. I, I am available to talk, you know, and, and to help people with this process. The ones that are saying, well, I'm really interested in doing this, but how do I go from being the CEO to I, I want to be a, a coach in, in this realm? Or I, I used to be an architect and I want to design clothing, you know, I mean, so right. there's things like that, too, of people just making that transition and understanding they have this decades potential. And especially when you create it on your own terms, I am not talking about if you want to go get a job for somebody and apply for the job, good luck, having a good time. That's not my deal at all. I don't play nicely with others. I'm not going to go stand in line with a resume, you know, that kind of thing. And so really, the, I, I believe the best path is to be entrepreneurial, to create that pathway for yourself and just be you, just be whoever you are. And if you don't know who that is, because I've literally talked to clients say, I don't know who I am anymore. 
you know, I've, I've gotten lost in this and I, I don't know how to not be what I was for 30 years, right? But I want to do something different and I've lost touch with that. And so that's the process I help people with is that as well as marketing and strategy for, for the thing that they want to do, whether it's writing a book or starting a coaching program or doing good, you know, um, altruistic works, whatever it might be, whatever that might be. Well, I mean, we may have, we're going to have a lot of baby boomers tuning in to hear you on this podcast. So what advantages do boomers have really over the younger generation? Let them know. Tell them right now what they would you think their advantages are to those who are sitting in a room with them that are 20 years younger than them, holding up that same resume. Even there, there are some that can still find advantages to not retiring. I mean, that idea of I've got to stop working needs to be, I think, thrown out the window these days. Exactly. I mean, you, the, you should be able to, to stay at the work at your company. Maybe you find a different position in that company. Maybe you're doing yeah. so, so what are some of the advantages to that you need baby boomers to understand that they have over other generations? Wisdom, experience, real life experience. You know, I think I often tell clients where you're so close to your own stuff, your own story that you don't even see it. And I see, I think that happens to so many of us that it's so familiar to us. We think, well, it's not, that's no big deal. But actually, there's probably many things that you've done that are a big deal compared to many. It's not a contest, but just really valuing what you bring to the table, the experience, the wisdom, the ability to weather the storms. You know, you've been through recessions, you've been through wars, you've been to war, you know, you've been in the military, you know, or maybe you were a teacher for 30 years or worked in the medical profession. You've seen it all, right? And how you can encapsulate that into wisdom for someone else and an understanding that you can be a mentor, you can be a light, you can be a guide for those that are coming behind you. And so you have the wisdom, you have the experience, you may have the finances to be able to slow it down a little bit and know that I still want to make money, but I'm okay. Or maybe you need to continue to add revenue to what you're doing that you have maybe, I would say maybe more of a calmness and ability to be able to um, balance things out more effectively than when you were 25 or 30, more focus, really understanding that it takes that focus. I mean, there's so many things that, that, that you bring to the table with just your life experience and a gift. What a gift that is really understanding that you're giving a gift to others when you share that, that wisdom and that knowledge and your expertise and genius. Right. And, and how, how would you tell them to handle the setbacks? You know I mean? I, I, you know, I don't look at it as a setback, but I got to tell you something, you know, I, I literally look at, I, I did a television show for 17 years. Oh, I just it. <laughs> that made, that made uh, several different companies, hundreds of millions of dollars and you know i still am in i do a couple of television shows right now i do a show that's called military makeover i do another show that's called the balancing act but have been really trying to get back into the national world and and on a national platform and i will tell you that it's as much as people would think oh Montel, you got it you got it made uh you ain't got a problem let me just say to you it's really strange out there when i go I have a meeting with a syndicator. I have a meeting with a production company. And, you know, I, I, I do projects right now that literally are award-winning projects, yet they're looking for the 20-year-old and not the 65-year-old, 66-year-old. You know what I mean? And there's really nothing I can do about that. Yep. I think if you're asking me how do you handle those kinds of feelings, I think yeah, kind of shifting, 
shifting your expectations and perspective and understanding there is an audience for you at 66 uh, specifically for you and being able to part of that is the graceful transition from like i don't try to market to 20 year olds right you know and even david ogilvy he was very famous as a copywriter market marketer and he got to the point where he didn't market to women uh, housewives over a certain age because he knew i, I have no idea and so right. staying in your lane i hate to use real house everybody says that but really staying in where you know you can serve maybe that will be a smaller audience but with greater impact and maybe it's going to be you're creating your own pathway or you're going to find other alliances with people in a similar age group that that are joining together multiplying the power of what they have to do with their message so you and I could do a project together, Montel. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really very funny because uh, you know I was going to say something to you. I have it's this is really a, this is so strange that you happen to be on the podcast this week. I mean, I, it was maybe oh, I think about a month and a half ago, right before Christmas. Um, I literally spoke to my manager, who you have spoken to, Melanie McLaughlin. I said to her, you know, Mel, I'm telling you right now different than any other time, I think, in the last 10 years, there is a need for a national tour to let this generation, my generation, know to not give up, to not yeah. stop. We still are of value. That's the reason why we take a look at what's going on around this country right now, the turmoil in Congress and Senate. You know, if this generation stepped up to the plate and really demanded a little bit more of our politicians, they will stop and listen because they're the one. We're the ones they're courting because we're the ones they're courting to get the check. They're not courting our children to get a check. What do they want? Fifteen cents? They ain't gonna get. You know, you can get twenty-five cents or you can get a dollar. You know, from my you know twenty-five-year-old or twenty-six-year-old. But from our generation, they're the ones who are writing the big checks as donors to politicians. We need to be more vocal about having access to more opportunity in our society. Well. And so and Exactly. I mean, there's and, and there's still a top layer of people who have the money to do the things. That's why luxury brands are still doing just fine. Thank you very much. How right. about a, an Apple Watch? It's eight hundred dollars, and they're out of stock, right? I mean, right. you know. So these are are what you might consider luxury items. There's still plenty of people that are because people get all freaked out about the economy. I have a whole story about the two thousand eight recession, but I just ignored it, and I was making seven figures, right? <laughs> well, everybody, because I I ignored it. I just simply didn't pay any, give it any attention. And so, when you're talking about the tour, that's funny that you should say that because we've talked about having a renegade boomer tour where I go to various cities in the United States and talk about this. And I think that the, will it be everybody wants to do this? No, but I I absolutely believe, and especially if we trust that divine guidance as far as the pathway, even when there's resistance and there's and see, I call it tribulation. That when you're on the verge of the breakthrough or the new thing, things can get kind of choppy, kind of turbulent. And so not to be surprised if turbulation happens, so to speak, right. and know that sometimes that's a sign that you need to keep moving through it. You need, to, you need to continue to push through that because it's not comfortable. People stop. But the breakthroughs don't come from being all comfy, cozy, and kicked back in your recliner and watching Netflix. You're not going to have a breakthrough. You might have some entertainment. But we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. To be able, Absolutely. okay, and so yeah. you know, people like us get together and say, "Let's do it. Let's do the thing," because we know there's people out there that are waiting to hear this. 
Oh, I, I will tell you, I, I believe without a doubt, it's it's like, you know, especially coming out of COVID, you know, <clears throat> as much as there is a, the younger generations are more apt to focus in on these things to give them their messages. I think that our generation is more likely to want to go out and be physically touched, to be in the room. They want to see the person. That's what we remember when we were younger. We want to be able to see you, hear you, feel you, and and be in your presence, not get you just through a podcast. I mean, I love doing this podcast yeah. the way I do this one, but you know, I would rather be in, in a room with 1,500 people. Yeah, you know, well, you know, I love to work with people even one-on-one -on -one in person because there is no there is no – a replacement for that. And it's largely how I started my business was with in-person networking, you know, by being at events, by being invited to an event and being asked to speak for a few minutes. And I had all these incredible experiences of messaging that I received for people I did not know. That's what I was thinking about when you said uh, really being present, you know, in that room of a thousand or 1500 that have you ever had the experience where there was a person uh, I could not take my attention off of someone I didn't even know because I knew there was something I was supposed to tell them. And I became the messenger. And I, when I gave them a message that I don't know why I'm supposed to tell you this, but I'm telling you this. And I've seen them cry, have chills, have to sit down suddenly, you know, literally hit the wall because they, they were just like, Oh my gosh, overcome. And realizing that I was blessed to be a messenger of something they needed to hear. They had to tell me what it meant to them. That's Absolutely. Right. And, they, and they needed to hear it that day. Right. That's right. And I had to have the courage to say it, even if it made me feel like I'm going to look like a crazy woman going up to this person I don't know and saying, excuse me. Right. And Absolutely. so the, the more we can get in touch, I think we all have those abilities. We all have the potential to have those moments of intuition and guidance and, and inspiration, aspiration, motivation. And if we have the courage to act on it. And so, I, I think this is how we change the world is with that, love. that comes from a place of love. It doesn't come from a place of hate or disharmony or discrimination. It comes from a place of love and wholeness and unity. And that's what we build into all of this message as well. That's I give myself chills. I call it my telometer when I get chills all over. It's like, I know, I know that this is the message I'm supposed to share in this moment. If people wanted to reach out to you and get more information, where would they go? Go ahead and give out your stats. Oh, absolutely. Go to Tina Lorenz, T-I-N-A-L-O-R-E-N-Z.com. I have a work with me tab on that site of how you would uh, apply to have that conversation with me. And they can find more information about how I work and for speaking engagements, any of those things at TinaLorenz.com. Absolutely. Well, I could tell you something. I would love to have you back at another time. If ever you have some time, oh, uh, absolutely. chop it up here with me and we can just pick a topic and just go off on it if you want. Because I think that uh, the more and more we share the knowledge that we have, the better we leave this planet when we leave. Yeah. How about that tour? <laughs> I'm going to have uh, my office. <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely going to have you, you met her, Melanie McLaughlin. And Mel's going to reach out to you and let's talk about it because I think that honestly, there would be no better time than right now. And it's not just, and I, I, I am focusing it on saying others like us in this generation, but it could be open to all generations because Absolutely. Yeah. the information I, is universal. The, I, the long, youngest person in one of my programs was 19 and the oldest <laughs> was 90, 90. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
And go. I do believe it's never too late. I really seriously believe that, you know? I agree with you 100%. It's never too late. Renegade Boomer, Tina Lorenz, thank you so much for being a part of Free Thinking with Montel today. Thank you all for tuning in to Free Thinking with Montel. And again, if you want to reach out to Tina, Tina, where is it? Where do you go? That's at tinalorenz.com. <laughs> tinalorenz.com. Okay, Thanks guys. So much. Thank you for having me today, Montel. It's been absolutely fabulous speaking with you. It's been fabulous speaking with you too. And we'll make sure you tune into the next Free Thinking with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Free Thinking with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please send us your comments.